Making those final arrangements after the death of a loved one is never easy, hampered even more by the trauma and cloud of grief. Randy with Stokes, Proc and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us funeral directors are experienced and their goal is to facilitate your healing. Because when there's a death, it's traumatic to most people. So we're dealing with their acute grief. One of our roles is to comfort them and, you know, and give them order where there's disorder because they don't know what to do. They're in shock, they're numb, and they need somebody to lead them down the right path. And for the most part, that's what funeral directors do or try to do. Sometimes people know what they want, but they don't always know what they need. And that's us to give them options. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Well, hello everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Our Tuesday, November the 8th edition of Talk of the Town as we continue on. It is it is amazing to look back at the... I, I always like to do it. I think you always hit a certain age in particular and it has been expediated because of social media and the internet in general. The idea of looking back to... What was it like a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and all of that? And you're at a time of the year where a lot of the this date within the recent past was the electoral cycles, whether it was what were we doing a year ago? What was it 20 years ago, 21 years ago to be more exact, when you had the Bush and Gore uh, presidential election, all of that. And it, and it brings up memories. And I'm not just saying the memories of whether your candidate won or lost, just the overall, what were you doing at that time? And that's what you get at this time of the year when you're looking back at at this date. Uh, we've got plenty to get to today. Later this week is Veterans Day. And that's what we're going to talk about here in just a moment. But I want to remind you all to follow and subscribe to us on Spotify and the iHeart app. Great way to have our locally made podcasts come right to you. So subscribe to Eau Claire Hometown Media on Spotify and the iHeart app. Just subscribe to it, and then each time we have a new podcast, well, it will come right to the top of your queue. You're going to want to do that. Again, just, just, just like, subscribe, follow, all of that. Eau Claire Hometown Media on Spotify and iHeart. Lots of great shows coming your way daily. And, of course, you can always go to the website, too, at echometownradio.com. As I said before, this is a city council week, and, and we'll have things to talk about on Thursday, no doubt. And we're going to touch on one thing here in a moment. But Thursday, and for some of you, I know you listen to these podcasts a day or two after they initially drop anyway. But Thursday is Veterans Day. And for some people, they get the day off. For a lot of people, they don't. But 
I think a lot of people acknowledge Veterans Day and not just putting something up on social media. But with Veterans Day coming up on Thursday, I want to do a Veterans Tribute Trail follow-up. Remember that? A friendly refresher on that topic and that issue that was very much the talk of the town back in the summer of 2019. Before that, though, I wanted to give everybody sort of a Speaking of refresher, refresher on what Veterans Day is before you get shamed, before you get, before you have somebody show up to you and go, nah, 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 you don't know what it is. And, and there's a lot of people that want to act like the smartest person in the room and they'll correct your, your well intentions because how, how dare you have right intentions. But I want to save you the trouble and remind you of what Veterans Day is on Thursday. It's for veterans. Exactly that. Both living, which is why you see things like free meals for veterans. And it's also for the veterans that have passed on. Now, Memorial Day is specifically for those who died in service. Those who died in service is Memorial Day. Veterans Day this week is for those veterans. The day isn't necessarily for active military or for first responders. Now, can you honor the active military? Absolutely. Now, many will deflect to the veterans and say, hey, the day is for them. But you can never go wrong honoring active military. That's, that's, that's the truth. But the day is specifically for veterans. As for first responders, be careful with that. We are rightfully so giving them more attention in recent years. Police, firefighters, EMTs. There's a lot of others that are kind of falling into that first responder category now. Make sure you don't do so, though, in any fashion that takes away from the veterans. Make sure of that. That, that too, could draw ire if you you know, focus a lot on police and firefighters on Veterans Day. It's, it, it's kind of a, a gray area for a number of people. But again, Veterans Day this week, you honor the veterans. That's what the day is for. Focus a lot of your social media posts on that. Focus whatever, maybe if you run a business, your promotions towards that. Again, that doesn't mean if you honor other people that you're in the wrong. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I just want to give you that refresher as to what Veterans Day is before somebody acts like the smartest person in the room and tells you how wrong you are. And you know there's going to be people out there that are going to want to do it, not because they have something against you or that they really want to correct you, but because they almost want to showcase something that they just learned or they just remembered. Sometimes that's what people do at a party. Even just hanging around with your family members. Somebody just learned a new word. Your, your seven-year-old just learned a new word, and they want to try to find a way to utilize it. It's, it's one of those things there. It, it's the same reason why this week we've turned the clocks back, and people 
are reminded as to the reasons why. And I just actually learned. I'll give you a per- first-hand example. I just learned the reason why we turn the clocks back. I always thought it was for the farmers. That's what I thought it was for. I had never really done a lot of deep research in it. Then I saw something this weekend from an accredited news source, and then I did some follow-up digging on it. You know, one of, one of the main reasons why, like anything else, there's not just one reason. One of the main reasons why we turn the clocks back is for merchants, because particularly in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, when people would shop in in outdoor areas like a downtown, not one enclosed mall, people are more apt to shop in an area like that if there's more daylight. While a number of people have fond memories of downtowns at night with sparkly lights, a lot of times your trip into downtown began during the day and people are more apt to shop and spend time and roam in the day. And even to today, people are more apt to do more things when you have the, the, the light and all that. So, reason you fall back and you spring ahead and all that had a lot to do with the clocks for merchants. And some of you are saying it doesn't make any sense. We've got less light now and all that. Remember, it, it all kind of evens itself out. But it was merchants, not, not the agricultural industry that pushed for it. In fact, a lot of agriculturalists do not like the changing of the clocks. But I, that's a whole other thing. Veterans Day. So as, uh, what I was saying about how I was tying this into Veterans Day was I, I've i just learned this. So I'm now trying to work this into conversation with anybody I come across in the last couple of days. This new knowledge that I have. Well, you'll get a number of people that'll do the same thing on Veterans Day if you post, hey, if you post something on social media and you go, hey, you know, Big thumbs up to all of our active and retired military on this Veterans Day. And they'll go, no, 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 it's Veterans Day. Focus on just the veterans. Just keep that in mind in the back of your head. Now, speaking of veterans, it gets us back to the Tribute Trail. And how many of you have been on that Veterans Tribute Trail at River Prairie? Probably not a lot of you. number of you probably have, but probably not a lot of you. And... Even that said, a number of you who have been on that tribute trail at River Prairie maybe weren't on that trail specifically for the tribute trail. You were just there because it's a nice walk, and hey, this is a nice addition to this walk. I only bring it up because, hey, we've hit Veterans Day. It was such a hot-button issue in the summer of 2019 and rare, and rarely in our news cycles or even in what we what we discuss not just on this program but just in our day-to-day conversations with people rarely do we go back and reassess something now of course it's up in Altoona now that tribute trail it's a lovely walk of course it was originally slated for Eau Claire remember at the time most notably in July of 2019, I was in support of the Eau Claire City Council, which was not just rubber stamping this through, but was very much on board with it. You go back through and you look at the minutes, they were on board with this project. They were probably a week away from voting it in. 
They were very they were they were not against the project. They were a week away from voting it in. They had just asked for a I think it was a two week pause while they got some other information and they were about to vote it in. They never said no to the project. At no point in time did the city council ever say no to the project. And the city council did not delay votes except for that one time. So I was always in support of the city council. Over time, though, the issues that moved the trail to Altoona have become cloudied. And I'll explain to you how very easily in a moment. A number of you have not started, have been listening to this podcast and this show long since that issue came to roost. You weren't listening back then. So this is a good reminder of you as to where we stood at that time. And it was one of the first hot-button topics that rose our ratings and all of that. <clears throat> the trail originally slated for Eau Claire was to mostly take over an unused section of land north of Madison Street along the river. The group was getting approvals, and then some issues came up. Notably, the veterans group, though, stopped communicating with the neighbors, didn't return calls to the city council people that were representing that area, and just had some questions. The people that were on the side of the veterans group, their defense actually wasn't their own defense. Uh, they went through surrogates. That, that, remember, that's a, that's a thing in our area. We talk about it a lot with the DHS. Rarely does an actual group bring forth its own defense. It allows surrogates. And what the veterans group did, we'll get to this in a moment, was they were able to generate this massive group of surrogates that were blindly in support of them because it was either a, you're, you're, you're for veterans or you're against veterans. It was simply as that, whereas it had nothing to do with whether you were for or against veterans. In fact, a number of people that just had some questions are very pro-veteran, myself included. I, I, I want the, the tribute trail, all of that stuff. We just had questions. Oh, you're questioning me. You must be against a veteran. No, had nothing like that. I remember the joke of the public comment periods at the city council at that time where, where, where men and women would stand up there and pretty much talk about their long service to this country and what it means to them for the tribute trail. And you'd sit there and you'd shake your head and you'd go, yes, you're right, we want the tribute trail. Nobody's saying no to it. They just have a couple of questions business-wise that came up. Some wrong accusations came up. People claimed that the neighbors that were around this tribute trail were pacifists. That wasn't the case. Nor there was a group up there that had a garden. And the garden had some questions as to one of these community gardens. What would happen to their garden? They just had some questions. And the questions would never get answered. The, the, the veterans group just stopped responding to questions. Also, the veterans group didn't like the idea of building this area but then it falling under city control, which is another issue that I said at the time was when a lot of people were learning about. The idea that if you build on, say, city land, like, say, Carson Park, as soon as the last nail goes in, it belongs pretty much to the city. That's how it operates. You lose, you lose some of the control over it even if you funded it. 
And that's that's a that's an issue that is seeped into a number of things with projects that go on on city land. But that was an issue that goes far beyond the tribute trail. And again, it led to all these contentious meetings at the planning commission and then the city council from mid-June through July, and eventually the veterans group did three things. One, they turned the debate, as I said before, into you're either with us or against us, which I thought was a brilliant marketing strategy from them. Even if it was not accurate or, quite frankly, truthful, it was a brilliant marketing strategy from them. Two, they wouldn't talk to the media nor answer questions. They had all these surrogates out there talking for them. We offered for them to talk. We were very close to talking with them. I remember there was this Andrea that was serving as somebody sending out uh, press releases. She wouldn't get back to us. Mark Beckfield, whom I will always go back and remind people of this with Mark Beckfield. When we used to do a lot of interviews on this program before we had all these other shows, And long before any of this popped in, we tried numerous times to get interviews with Mark Beckfield to promote the project before we knew any of this going on. Just wanted him to promote the project. We used to do all these uh, straightforward interviews with people. He would never return an email for that. The, The group never talked. They'd go ahead and they'd buy all this advertising, but they would never just talk and answer questions, and even just simple questions. Like, like, hey, you know, tell us about this project. They wouldn't do that. So, so one, they turned the debate into you're either with us or against us. And two, they wouldn't talk to the media or answer questions. They let all these other people, all these veterans whom they've worked into a frenzy, go and yell at the city council for them. But all these people that were yelling at the city council didn't know what they were yelling for. They thought they did, but they were... They, they, the city council was for the project. <laughs> just just because you're asking questions doesn't mean you're against something. Just because you don't just blindly say yes doesn't mean you're against something. And if that concerns you, asking questions, what are you hiding? And, of course, the third thing they did was before the city, before the Oakhurst City Council hit pause on the Veterans Tribute Trail, starting... Two weeks before that, the Veterans Tribute Trail began talking to the city of Altoona. The move was already in place, which I don't blame the city of Altoona officials for doing that. Okay, so now it's in Altoona, this Veterans Tribute Trail, and you know what? It's probably the better spot anyway. It probably is. I know some see it as some referendum on Eau Claire politics and whatnot. I don't. And I also don't see it as some big win for Altoona. As someone not native born to the area, I see no difference between Eau Claire or Altoona. None at all. If you're somebody that lives in the Altoona school district, you pay Altoona city taxes, all that stuff, and you look at River Prairie with great pride, hey, good for you. And if you're somebody that lives in Eau Claire and you look at River Prairie as another reason to not like the city council, so be it, if you will. I don't see much of a difference. The, the Veterans Tribute Trail is probably in a better spot anyway. We look back at that debate from a year and from, from almost two full years ago, and as we sit here right now, 
Veterans Day week of 2021, the ve- as messy as it was, as unfortunate as it occurred, where the Veterans Tribute Trail is, is probably in the better spot anyway. It's probably where it should have been to begin with. And how many of you, especially those of you who were really fired up two years ago, how many of you does it negatively impact that it's located at Altoona? As we hit this Veterans Day on Thursday, if you haven't been to that tribute trail, taking that walk around there, especially if you're somebody that was very adamant about how it was coming about, make sure you take an opportunity just to walk. Take a look at some of the stuff they've got up and they've got more planned. Uh, speaking of the Eau Claire City Council, again, uh, still looking for a city manager. That process, though, yet again, well underway. The steering committee last week reporting there are some 16 candidates so far. Apparently, that is a good number. Applications being accepted through the end of the year. Terry Weld openly says they hope to get more applicants. They'll begin to look through the candidates they have now. They will likely not make that loose mid-January deadline of recommending candidates to the rest of the city council, but they hope to have them there shortly thereafter. Well, another kick of the can for our spinster city in terms of getting a city manager. Hopefully we'll get somebody you know, I, I think what you hope for is they, they vet through people. You start having maybe those public interviews early to mid-March. And they're able to offer somebody mid to late March. And maybe we've got somebody in May as our new city manager. What I definitely do want to see from this search is, uh, of course, you want to see your number one choice. Accept the offer. But what they cannot afford to have happen again is to come out of this without a city manager. You've got to come out of this with a city manager. Well, Scott, what what if our number one choice and then our number two choice, who was a close number two, they both say no. Are we going to settle for number three or number four? Well, maybe there's everyone is uh, maybe that's the caveat to what I said above. You're not just going to settle, obviously. But if you don't, if you get to that point where you're constantly offering people a job and they're all saying no, then we really have to look inward as to why. Speaking of having a job and uh, letting it go, Andy Jarzinski, head coach of the North High football team, stepped down. Over the weekend, the old Friday news dump announced he would not return as the Eau Claire North High football coach. And he helped turn that program again into somewhat of the right direction. They ended that 50-plus game losing streak with a win this year. Football at North has been a, a tough sell. Football is one of those programs that if you start turn, if it starts going, it can go downhill fast, and it's hard to build it back up. A lot of it has to do with, first off, you got to get players to want to play it, then you got to start building the depth with it. And at North, for the longest time, uh, you know, it wasn't the sport 
a lot of kids were excited to play. You had you have just because you have a large school with a lot of boys doesn't mean those boys want to play football. And a number of the boys up there, a lot of the athletes didn't want to play football. Nothing wrong with that, that they didn't want to play football, but that was one of the issues there. And you kept cycling through coaches, cycling through coaches. Andy came in. He provided some stability there for just a short amount of time and was able to start getting some of these boys to want to play football and start them at the younger ages and get them to come on through. I, I talk about this story because of this. I think Jarzinski was there, what, four, maybe five years? You don't see coaches stay in these positions for decades like you did before. Obviously, you still do see some. It's not like it's a rarity at this point. But Andy Jarzinski, there for just a few years, stepping aside, that is becoming more and more the norm. And the coach that is there for 25, 30 years, that's not as much the case anymore, especially those coaches that have taken the jobs in the last, say, 10 years are part of this new wave, if you will. And there's many reasons as to why coaches don't stay in these positions. Yes, pressures, parents, that's part of it. But also, and I think this is a good thing, people unless they absolutely love something, and I mean love it, and even then, they want to get as many experiences as possible in life. So someone may do something five to ten years, but the days of the 35-year in the exact same job profession, those are over, especially for somebody in their 20s and 30s, it's over. Somebody does not go into somebody's not going to likely stay in a position for 15, 20, 25 years unless their job is changing within that. Maybe they're moving to different areas within a company and all of that, but doing the exact same thing day in and day out for that long likely isn't going to be what they're going to do. Sometimes people change their careers outright, other times they may just want to bounce around a little bit within that career. And you see that with coaching. And coaches will sit there and go, hey, I did this for four or five years. I liked what I did. I had fun. I'm going to move on. I'm going to try something else. Or I want to have more free time to do X, Y, Z, or this or that. couple other things here before we wind down this show. Saw WQOW did a good story on, this is, this is one of those talking points we all have. What is the most dangerous road in town? So, such a, that's, a, that's an attention-grabbing headline. More so, where do you have the most amount of accidents within the city of Eau Claire? And it's Claremont Ave. Claremont Ave has the most amount of accidents uh, on it. There wasn't really much from that report. Uh, you just have the most amount of traffic there, and uh, I think that's why. The intersection of Birch, of, uh, Birch, intersection of Birch and Hastings uh, is the area that has the most amount, is the intersection with the most amount of accidents. Uh, speaking of busy area, speaking of Claremont Ave, has anybody tried the new Panda Express yet? I have not been there. 
I am not huge into Asian cuisine. I think I've had Panda Express once. I think I enjoyed it, but uh, I'm not hurrying to get over there. Uh, been told by a lot of people that it's 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 long lines and all of that and blah blah blah. Still, I I I I wish them nothing but success. Uh, you want to see these types of businesses in town? You do. These chain restaurants in town, and before somebody gets all high and mighty about uh, we got good local. When some place opens, they're just every bit as local. One. Two, it shows a certain health to your demographics when these national chains come in because they do the level of research that you just cannot do as a small business. And if they're coming in, that shows you've got fertile ground. Number three, if I hear one more person say, well, it's the local business that supports the the local t-ball teams. Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Yes. The, a lot of these chains don't necessarily support the small things anymore monetarily, though they'll do the, hey, you know, we'll donate portion of our proceeds promotions. They'll do that. The local businesses, the local restaurants, I'm going to call them out on this. A lot of local restaurants aren't just writing cash checks anymore either, though. A lot of local restaurants aren't just opening up the checkbook and writing a cash check to something. When you see them on the back of a t-shirt for something, a lot of times they too are just donating food, which there's a cost to it. They're donating food. They're doing some sort of in-kind trade. And a lot of them now are doing those same types of promotions that the National Change have been doing in that we won't give you a check, but we'll give you a portion of the proceeds if somebody comes to eat at our restaurant during a certain period of time. And it's and it's usually like a Monday night from 6 to 8 o'clock. <laughs> you know, and a day of the week in which, yeah, a day, uh, yeah, a day of the week that usually is not busy, and it's, they're, 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 they're hoping that you help market their food to them. It's, it's all that. So, again, I, I've heard these people get all high and mighty again about Panda Express. Oh, you know, who cares about chain rest? We got all these good local places. And I'm like, you're, you're, you're right. You know, it's, you know, local, local chefs. Give them you know, a lot of creativity, all that sort of thing. But when you start diving into the, you know, these chain restaurants care, these, these local restaurants care more and give more to the community than the chain, let me just pause you there for that. All new edition of Talk of the Town coming up on Thursday of this week on behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible. I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.